but I have no doubt you have experience with this, Steve, is to start by sitting on the same side of the table or side by side on the couch. But in other words, don't sit across from each other because your subconscious automatically reads that as opposition. This week, Dr. Noelle Nelson helps couples get closer together by closing the Great Divide. Stay tuned. The holiday seasons are just around the corner, and we have the gift that keeps on giving, the Hitched Wine Club. Each month, our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting, will deliver knockout wines to your door or business that you and your spouse can look forward to each month as your time to sit down, sip, and reconnect. With all the holiday meals hitting the table, you'll also feel great knowing that you won't have to stress about going out and getting wine to serve with it. We have a few different club levels and gift options are also available. To learn more, visit hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Again, hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the talented, the amazing Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Noelle is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many, many best-selling books, including Your Man is Wonderful. Uh, She is also the author of Dangerous Relationships. And most recently, her newest book, which I love, it's fantastic. It's called Happy, Healthy, Dead. Uh, And from that book, she has started this group called Meet the Amazings, and you can follow them on Facebook, uh, where they tell uh, amazing stories of uh, people in older age uh, doing really incredible things, living a full, very fulfilling life, being physically active, mentally active, learning new skills. It's awesome. It's really inspiring. I highly recommend it. Uh, And you can get that and more information at her website, noelnelson.com. So today uh, we are going to talk about, and, and I love this title, what to do when you're on different sides of the great divide. Uh, Sometimes uh, you and your spouse are so on opposite sides of the fence of an issue that it seems there's what you call, Noel, a great divide, that there's no way to bridge the distance between what your spouse wants and what you want. But you say that there are techniques that can help you find your way back to each other across that great divide. So please explain. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and it's a good thing because, quite frankly, in the course of any marriage of, of any duration, I mean, even during that first year, there are going to be times when you find yourself what you think of as looking at each other across this big old chasm, you know, like like the Grand Canyons in, in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can be very frightening, frankly. But there are absolutely ways. And the first that we're going to talk about today is stop thinking of yourself on ourselves on opposing sides. See, that's the first place that we go wrong. That's how we create the great divide is we think of you versus me, me versus you. We, we put ourselves in that duke it out kind of position mm-hmm. and 
uh, someone I worked with described it as, well, you know, I feel like I need a battering ram to get through to her. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> well, that certainly, you know, you want to talk moats, you want to talk chasms. If you feel like you need a battering ram, shoot. <laughs> so the very first technique, yeah, is to stop looking at yourselves as on opposing sides of the thing, whatever the thing is, uh-huh. and and remember, remember that above all, you are partners. And the way to do this is going to sound so simplistic, but I have no doubt you have experience with this, Steve, okay. is to start by sitting on the same side of the table or side by side on the couch. But in other words, don't sit across from each other because your subconscious automatically reads that as opposition. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I, so that's nice. Uh, that it, and and I, I think that's, I find that interesting and fascinating. Um, and I know we've talked about stuff like this in the past, but surely sitting next to each other and remembering your partners, even through these rough patches, isn't going to just like solve the problem, right? No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, you can sit side by side in complete stony silence. Sure. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Or in complete steaming fury. You know, I mean, no, the simple act of doing it is not, I wish. Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, we could solve the entire world political situation with that one. Right. Um, but no, that that isn't enough. But it is, if you will, a great place to start because the subconscious message is is a powerful one. You don't sit side by side with an enemy. You just don't. Mm. You sit side by side with friends, mm-hmm. family, people people with whom you are willing to be close to, if you will. So that's why it's number one. Okay. No, it's not enough. So what's number two? You know, with me, there's always going to be more than a number one, Steve. Yeah. Yep. And number two is, yeah, don't assume, you know, the old makes a, you know, out of you and me. <laughs> don't assume that you know what your spouse is thinking uh-huh. because that's what we do. That's the place we go to just immediately. Uh, you know, you think, for example, I know one for me is, ah, he's so totally focused on what he wants. It's just all about him, 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 him. And he couldn't care less about the impact on the relationship of what he's going on about or on me. You know, he just couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that I know what's going on in his head. And what I've discovered more often than not is I'm wrong. (laughs) Not a fun place to be for me, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm wrong. The the interesting thing about that is, uh, part of it. Not only are you making an assumption there, but you also, a lot of, it's it's the mindset that people have. So it might not be that they're not thinking the thing that you believe they should be, but that it doesn't even cross their mind because they haven't been exposed to that sort of like empathy or position or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but I think it's. (laughs) Well, Uh, I think where you're going with this, if I may, at least it's where I would go with it is that that may be part of what they are thinking. uh That may be for sure. I know my boyfriend is thinking about what he wants, but where I'm making the assumption, which is damaging and which only, creates more of that great divide Mm -hmm. is when I assume that 
because he wants what he wants, that he's not not even, you know, giving an iota of thought to how it might impact our relationship or me. Mm-hmm. That you see is the false assumption. Yeah. That's where I'm putting him in the enemy camp. Yeah. That's where I'm sticking him on the other side of the great divide. Because so, the truth of the matter is, yes, he wants what he wants. Yeah. And he has thought about, gee, mm-hmm. we better talk it over because I don't know what this is going to do to her or mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, there is an and in there, mm-hmm. which when I assume I am ignoring. Yeah. Okay. And then, so once you've put yourself in, in neutral, so to speak, uh, and aren't assuming all sorts of evil things about your partner's mindset, then, then what's the next step? Well, we're not actually in neutral yet. Okay. We've got another, another piece, if you will, of the assume thing before we can get, that will put us in neutral, basically. And that is to examine your spouse's perspective or point of view with curiosity, with a degree of openness. In other words, if you want to not assume what's the opposite of that, it means you have to put yourself, be willing to put yourself in I don't know. Mm. And I don't know is, at least for people like me who like to, you know, be in charge of everything, makes it really hard. But I have learned that putting myself in, I don't know what you're thinking, not in a mean way. You know, not, I don't know what you're thinking, not that, but literally the open, that's why I I use the word openness, but that open curiosity of, I don't know what you're thinking. Then it's like learning to ask neutral kind of questions, what I call neutral kind of questions like, okay, so what's at stake for you here? Um, What, what, what is going on for you? Mm -hmm. Tell me the whole of your thought. In other words, I'm now, uh, now I've shifted into neutral. Mm, okay. It, it's almost like when you... Which is why I... Oh, go ahead, please. Took it back a notch. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's almost like when you um, are trying to teach somebody a very basic skill, or let's just say you're trying to teach somebody to cook, and mm-hmm. you you drop the assumptions of, uh, you know, as, as opposed to like, you know, you're cutting that onion wrong, you take a step back, don't assume they know how to do it or not do it, but then ask them, do you know how, you know, what, have you ever done this before? Okay. Right. Do you know how to hold a knife? And you drop all those assumptions and then rather than just arguing with them about how they're doing it wrong, you're able to have the conversation about the, the point that you're trying to get to ultimately in the end. Right. Yeah. And as you, as you know, you know, my, perspective in life tends to be all about appreciation and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So once you've asked for, once you've tried, you know, you're, you're doing your best to stick yourself in neutral. Okay. So, so let me know what, what's going on for you here. Whatever they say, say, thank you. Mm. Whatever they say. In other words, that's the point at which we tend to want to jump back into the ring, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't be thinking that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they are. Yeah. It's like, okay. And I know it sounds really trite. Thank you for sharing because most of us put a real sarcastic bent on that, but it, it, that is the the correct sentiment, Mm -hmm. which is thank you. I I appreciate your letting me know that. And you've got to say it sincerely. You just do. Yeah. But, but that is what now, can you see how that starts to close the great divide? Yeah, no, that's actually really, so I have to admit, um, I haven't, uh, I haven't always been great at stuff like that. 
just mm-hmm. expressing appreciation that might have felt obvious to me, but I haven't expressed it. And I have right. been making uh, more of a concerted effort to just express my gratitude uh, outwardly toward mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. it is shocking, like how positive of a response you get when you start doing that. Like it really. Oh, absolutely. I, I, just like the small things, too. And people and I think partly is because of uh, I don't want to blame like social media or anything, but just the world in general, it moves so fast and our, and the way that we communicate is so quick and punchy. And, you know, you send a text message and it's three sentences and an emoji and, mm-hmm. or, or I'm sorry, three words and an emoji. And so when you take mm-hmm. the time to tell somebody, you know, thank you, I really appreciate, you know, that, or just those little mm-hmm. things really Mm -hmm. add up and people then start looking at you as if you're overly courteous when all you're really doing is giving them basic courtesies. Uh, it, Mm -hmm. it, it's really remarkable. So I, I I just wanted to drive that point home. Um, Well, and mother Teresa was, was known for saying that people need appreciation more than they need bread. mm. Now that's not quite true. People need bread first, (laughs) but yeah. But sure. it, that's how, how vital she believed it was to the human spirit. Uh-huh. And it's true. And I, you know, I mean, there's a reason I've written 14 books all on the subject of appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> In one form or another. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this works. It really, really works. Really, really, it works. Um, and it's not it works as in manipulation works. Uh-huh. It works because as exactly for the reason you just said, Steve, is because we are so fast paced that we don't take the time or, or even think to take the time to express a thank you or that was nice or I appreciate that, which takes zero time really, but it just takes a little bit of thought. And because it's become so rare, it is that much more appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's remarkable. I, if you take nothing from this episode, uh, and you're in a good position and you don't have this big, great divide with you and your spouse, just start dropping those thank yous. And I really appreciate that stuff all over the place and watch how the environment around you starts to shift. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, okay. So with all that being said, uh, now we're neutral (laughs) and we're finally neutral and we, uh, we are in that position of, I don't know is, so we're sitting next to our spouse. Uh, we're in finally in neutral. Is that enough? Okay, so now we're up to one of the subjects we have discussed many times, which is the subject of understanding your spouse, okay? Okay? But I want to take this one step further with the idea of the great divide in mind, which is what we usually tend to do is we try to persuade or convince our spouse of our position, whatever it is. Instead, what you want to do is just stop, stop. Stop trying to persuade and convince. Just try to learn Mm. what is this about for your spouse. So this is beyond neutral. This is where we're now, like, literally, the words would be work with me on this. Mm -hmm. I want want us to figure something out together. So work with me on this. Uh, Let's get creative about this. How can we collaborate, which is a far better word than compromise. How can we collaborate together? So this is now, if you will, where you're willing to drop the, I'm going to persuade you of my point no matter what. I'm going to drag you across that great divide, Mm -hmm. which 
you know you've done. I mean, yeah. I've done it. And it's been done to me. And we usually don't like it very much. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't last because the other person's going, you know, I didn't enjoy being raked over the, the Grand mm-hmm. Canyon here. What mm-hmm. fun. Um, yeah, I'll agree, mostly because I want to get out of the fight. Yeah. But that's not good. Yeah. And a lot of times uh, it's there's that process where the other person has to put down their shield and guard, right? Like they I, they yes. have prepared themselves for a fight they have that's right th- th- there's a great divide because they help dig it <laughs> and so they put in that effort to make this a thing and it's going to be hard for them sometimes to just say like you know what let's solve this instead uh so right uh, you know that can be a, th- a thing absolutely and you know it, it's again One of the reasons that I started with sit side by side, it is easier to talk about things like collaboration and creating together and working together when you are literally physically sitting side by side. We are Mm -hmm. physical creatures. Yeah. We do respond to physical cues. And and that's a powerful one. And with that, um, I wanted to ask your thought about actually like touching your spouse because we know touch is a very powerful thing too. Does that help break down the barrier a little bit? If you just like hold hands or like touch them on their leg or something like that when you're is, or is that asking too much if there's like some great divide because they're not into being touched? Right. Right. Um, well you, you, you have both points are good, Steve, which is to say, yes, if the great divide is too big, sitting side by side's enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're doing good right there. Okay. But often what will happen is as you start to talk and as things soften between you, because you can literally feel it, mm-hmm. then I would encourage a touch, but not a lingering touch, meaning don't just stick your hand on her thigh and leave it there. Mm-hmm. Or holding hands, which is too much. Okay. It's too much. But to you know, the safest part of the, of the body to touch, which is non-threatening, et cetera, et cetera, is somewhere on the arm. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's no virtually, no sexual implications, no grabby implications. Yeah. So to just a light touch on the arm to say essentially non-verbally, look, I, I love you. I'm with you on this. Um, we can do this and then remove your hand. Mm-hmm. Because that way it's just a reminder of we are close. Yeah. Without getting into a sexual we are close or into a clingy we are close. Yeah. And I think that's important, too, because it's you, you like most people don't touch their enemies. Right. Like you just. Correct. Uh, so if you just tap your spouse on the arm and right. they will know, oh, they're not trying to pull away from me. They're actually trying to get closer like that. There is that right. unspoken cue that yes. we innately understand. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you are aware of the origin of the handshake. No. But it comes from the Roman days. Yeah. <laughs> Noelle's oh, box no, trivia. I actually do know this. It's so that you reveal okay. your hand so that they know you're not going to get stabbed by them. You're not armed. You're not armed. OK, yeah. Right. And the original handshake was actually hand to forearm, hand to forearm. Mm hmm. And it evolved into just hand to hand, but it was to reveal I have no arms, meaning no, no weapons. Yeah. 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 So a touch is the same thing. Uh huh. I have no, I, I have no arms, meaning arms in the yeah. term of weapons. I have mm-hmm. no weapons. Yeah. 
I love that. Wow, that, yeah. that's a great. Wait, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, we started with a <laughs> no, with a, a great divide and a moat and battering rams, and we finished with no that's, arms. I love it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and so, oh, I was just going to see if you ha- wanted to add anything to that. Well, I do because th- there is another step beyond understanding, oh, and this one okay. is terribly obvious. Okay, but I think we need to yeah, let's uh, lay it out. Put it in here, which is, yep. Elevate yourselves, plural, to common ground because now you're you're on you're in collaboration mode. You're in let's get creative mode and so forth. So elevate yourself to common ground because I guarantee within what he wants and what it within what you want, there's something that is common to the both of you. Maybe it's a, a generic concept like peace in the household or uh, better management of our finances or better communication, whatever. But there'll be something that you that you both want. It's just that usually your way of getting to it is what's dividing you. Mm. So try to find what that common thing is. And then you're marching beautifully into what I like to think of as future think, which is, okay, what do we want to have happen now together? Mm-hmm. We're, we're looking into the future. What's our together goal on this issue, whatever it happened to be? Okay. And and we know that looking, you know, couples who have goals and look into the future, that's a good thing. Absolutely. They do much better. Yeah. Yes. Because then you have a purpose for being a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems obvious, but that's so, I mean, that's like such a true statement. Otherwise, you might as well just date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's uh, it, like I said, it seems obvious, yeah. but it really is. Uh, mo- this is the thing. Most things in life come back to the basics. Uh, yes, they do. Uh, I mean, that's just the yes, way it is. I mean, even, you know, me, I, I love my sports and I love my sports analogies. When you look at the greatest of all the greats, it's because they have like really sound fundamentals. Like that's what makes them so great. Correct. And absolutely the same thing applies to relationships, just sound fundamentals, yep. knowing yep. how to communicate effectively, dreaming with each other about your future, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Like these things yes. seem so basic, but it, it's shocking how many relationships uh, fall short of, of, of those of those basics. So, right. Um, well, and that's a lot of the value from my perspective of Hitched Mag, which is. You know, it's like there's perhaps one spirit, one God, whatever one wants to call it, but there are how many ways to get there? Yeah. A gazillion. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Communication is is a necessary, important, vital part to a good relationship. There are how many ways to, to get to communication? A gazillion. Yeah. So Hitched Mag is, is, and this is a free plug, Steve. Thank Hitched you. Mag <laughs> is really great at offering alternatives. Well, thank Look, you. Look, you like this? Great. Use it. Run. You don't like it? Not a problem. We got a whole bunch more. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a lot of what I feel we do is that we, we continually, in the belief that marriage is wonderful and that when it's good, it's very, very, very good uh, for people from all perspectives, that we just keep offering them alternatives to get there. Mm-hmm. Because what works for person A might not work for person B. But hey, you know, we're still at it. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that too, because I, um, I do this podcast a lot with, um, uh, Karen Sherman and, uh, she, one of the things she says all the time when I ask her questions is it depends, which is a uh-huh. true statement because context yep. is everything. And so to your point, yep. 
it, there are so many alternatives and there are, there are so many alternatives because there are so many different contexts in which the information is being received and delivered. So I, I, I kind of think of it a little bit like, um, weight loss or exercise or health. Mm -hmm. It's how, you know, we all know that we need to maintain a, a healthy weight and we all know that doing exercise A is good for you. But how many diet and exercise programs are out there? Five million. And exactly. it's like, you, we could all just run, you know, presuming that you are able to run. <laughs> but it's like, that doesn't work for a lot of people. Most people, right? True. So they'll ride a bike True. or they'll go to the gym or they'll right. do Pilates or right. there are just so many different ways to go about it. And that, it's the same thing here. So um, yep. to your point, hopefully this... Understanding that it might not reach everybody, um, but hopefully this reaches some people. And knowing that this is, again, Hitched is a giant toolbox, and this is just one more tool that you get to put in there. And hopefully yep. you don't have to pull it out because you don't reach these great divides, but let's be real. Relationships over decades, yeah. you're going to have differences. And so... The whole point is so that it doesn't become too, it doesn't become the Grand Canyon. It becomes a little stream that you step over. Uh, and so hopefully this is, uh, this is helpful. So, um, I want to thank you so much, Noel, uh, for the plug and all this uh, fantastic advice. So thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure, Steve, as always. Um, okay. So before we, uh, head out, I want to remind you that you've been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U S and the, and abroad, uh, is the author, as she mentioned of, just a baker's dozen i think you mentioned uh <laughs> of books uh her most recent relationship books are your man is wonderful and dangerous relationships uh but her latest and greatest is happy healthy dead it is about how you can live all the way up to the very end in a very fulfilling active healthy happy lifestyle it's fantastic it's backed by a lot of research uh, if you've never read any of Noelle's book, she is a fantastic writer. I highly recommend it. Um, you can find that at her website, noellenelson.com. We have a link on our website, hitchmag.com. Uh, and of course, you can um, find it on Amazon. Uh, I believe Happy Healthy Dead is available for Kindles. So uh, nice and convenient. You can read it anywhere, anytime on all your devices. Uh, and lastly, uh, Noelle heads up the group Meet the Amazings, uh, and it is uh, a group where she uh, tells stories of individuals who are uh, older in age doing really amazing, amazing things. And uh, Noelle and I were talking off air that they're about to hit their 150th individual that they've highlighted. So uh, lots of inspiration there. So, um one last time. Thank you so much, Noelle. Thank you, Steve. All right. That is going to do it for us this week. Uh, have a fantastic week. And until next time, take care, everybody. 